It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! RSL fans, hello there, and welcome back to another episode here on RSL Sunday Podcast. I'm Marcos, here with Connor, with me as well. Uh, how you doing, Connor? Good, yeah, I mean, as good as you can be after losing 3 nothing at home, but, uh, I mean, weather's finally getting a little better. We've had some thunder and rain this week, but it's better than all that snow we had all year, so, I mean, I can't complain. What about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Besides a three nothing loss, um, three games in a row without a goal. Frustrating, but that's what happens when you're an RSL fan. But yeah. Um it was it, it was a good time yesterday. Mother's Day yesterday. So shout out to all the mothers out there. Hopefully everybody yeah. had a, a good Mother's Day. Um fun to hang out with family and cute the great lightning storm as well last night. So that, that was that was super yeah, fun. Yeah, that was it was crazy last night. I was just looking out my window, just watching it, and it was like nuts. It was like almost like movie esque. Kept lighting up the sky. I'm like, yeah. yes, please. Yeah, seriously. Um, but so so much to to break down for you guys in this in tonight's episode for uh, for RSL Sunday um, from our huge win that we had on on Wednesday against Portland in the Open Cup to our disappointing loss on Saturday to LAFC, um, and then we got some questions to break down for you to answer for you guys and then we have two upcoming games not just one but two games portland again and then first game of rocky mountain cup on saturday um but before we dive into all that on today's episode um we got some trivia um first and foremost so our question for for uh, trivia this week is besides saturday's game um between rs rsl and lafc um they played each other 13 times out of those 13 times how many of those has RSL won? Two, three, four, or five? I was not very confident in us with this question, so I went with two. Um, I just mm-hmm. feel like all I remember with LAFC is us just getting smacked. <laughs> so, yeah, I went with two. I was definitely – I was in the majority, 36%, so I'm feeling pretty confident. Yeah, yeah, so that, that that's accurate. So we have only – Beaten LAFC twice, um, no no draws out of all that. Well, and I guess oh. including, yeah. So I was hoping you too. We no- maybe at least had like one or two draws. <laughs> no, we've only beaten LAFC twice, and sadly enough, the last time we beat them was the COVID year, twenty twenty, um, and wow. before that was 20, 2018. Eesh. So, yeah. So it's. LAFC has definitely had our number every single time we've played them, so not not pretty at all. Um, but let's just let's dive right into it. Um, so Wednesday, um, it was the round of 32 um, against Portland in the Open Cup. Um, Portland has always had our number um, from the get go, um, and in the starting lineup, we had a, a mix of normal starters mixed with guys who don't ever really get minutes. And it was another open cup game with Gavin Beavers uh, getting the the start. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, no, I that was definitely one of the funnest RSL games we've gotten to watch this <laughs> season. Uh, lots of goals. 
even though we conceded lots, we were scoring lots. And I mean, that's all you can really ask for is just to at least have something exciting to give the fans. Um, but yeah, I was pretty pleased with the lineup. There was definitely like a few things that was just like a little bit surprising, but I wasn't necessarily upset with any of the decisions that were made. Um, it was a nice, like you said, mixture of like youth with also a little bit of experience. Um, and I think that showed um, there were certain parts where certain phases of the game where we lacked experience and clinical like finishing and things like that. Whereas um, there was other areas where we were excelling. Um, but yeah, it was crazy game. Lots of fun. Um, super glad that it was like so accessible um, and easy to watch on that YouTube stream. Um, and that was, yeah, no, I was super excited. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When Blanco Blanco scored in the fourth minute, um, I thought Arsenal was just going to put the brakes on. I thought game was over. Yeah, yeah knowing us this season. Yeah, usually when a team scores first on us, it's game over. Um, but it was definitely a very back-and-forth affair. Uh, Blanco had that first early one, and then I don't know where Danny Mosofsky back-to-back open cup games first against Vegas and now against Portland with a beautiful goal and then the the game of the the match oh, oh my goodness Carlos Gomez um yeah. I I think that's probably maybe too early to write off this might be the goal of the season out of all competitions for RSL with that screamer what, what do you think yeah no I mean Definitely a good shout, especially with how little goals we're scoring. I could definitely see that end up being our goal this season. Yeah, unless, yeah, unless and got a few more screens, <laughs> absolutely. So, so he- heading into halftime of this one, we were up two to one. What What do you think, honestly, changed it from the first half to the second half for us to just have that full on spark to just not give up and just grind and, and pull away yeah I, I i thought it was it was crazy because i mean at first when they scored those two back-to-back goals you're like well geez what what was what was said in the locker room are we just going to completely mm-hmm. capitulate but then um we really showed a lot of character to be able to bounce back again after like the first four fourth minute goal then being able to bounce from that and then bounce back again after they take the early lead in the second half. I thought that was a super promising sign of just like a team that wants to work for each other. Um, and the unlikely scorer, Chang, definitely not the guy that I was predicting to score, but right place, right time. Um, two pretty good finishes. I was I was super impressed with us being able to back, back bounce back not once but twice. Yeah, I think at halftime when Portland took out Blanco and, and brought in um, Nisgoda, who's a very good attacking player for Portland, I was like, crap, it, it might be over because Nisgoda is kind of known for being a, a good scorer. So Portland scored in the 49th off of Rasmussen. And then three minutes later, Nisgoda scores just a balance, and then he, he volleyed that in to take the lead 3-2. And then if anybody had... Uh, my coaching on their bingo card scoring two goals that, that night. I think you're yeah. lying to yourself because yeah. there's there is no way because that yeah, those go get a lottery ticket if you're predicting that. Yeah, go get a lottery ticket. Just the, the beautiful threaded cross 
was unreal. I, I think this was probably one of our best games when it comes to passing and just technique. H how do you think um, moving forward from this match, how can we translate this into like, we can have this normally into our regular season? I think maybe just everyone kind of, I don't know, maybe they were playing a lot more free, it felt like. They, maybe it was just the fact that it wasn't like an MLS game. They might have just not felt as much pressure, but I don't know. It felt like the guys were moving all over the pitch, maybe taking on guys that they normally wouldn't in certain games. Like normally they would just make a back pass, but this time they're trying to take someone on and make a play. And so I think there's certain situations where we really do need to just like take risks more in like our MLS games. Um, and we really did that in this game. And I thought that was part of the reason why we were able to come out with the win. Yeah, I, I've noticed that a lot in games that we have lost or games that we've tied. We just don't fully put the, the gas on. We just kind of yeah. sit back and just wait for those opportunities. We're in this one in Portland. We're like, hey, we have nothing to lose. This isn't the regular season. Like, If we lose, then we're out. Then we're out. So we, we actually show that we have that fight. We have that determination. And that same drive that we have to, that we've had in past season to sneak in and get the last spot in the playoffs. And that showed on Wednesday against Portland. So amazing result. Um, a win's a win, no, regardless how, how it comes. Um, and, and in this one, who who's your man of the match and why? Um, I'm going to go Andres Gomez. Um, I thought he, yeah. obviously the, the crazy goal, but just in general, I thought he was our most, creative player he was just adding that spark to our attack and making us look a lot more dangerous in certain situations um so i think he was an easy choice for me personally um i feel like he's just slowly growing and growing into this team more and more and just finding himself more comfortable on the ball and trusting himself and his teammates so it's it's been fun to watch him grow yeah, I, I would have to agree with you as well. Um, but but uh, give a slight edge as well to Michael Chang because he hasn't scored a goal in who knows how long. Yeah, um, yeah he deserves but, the man of the match after that. Yeah, just the, the grind and, and fit. Um, do you think that over time, because you, you just mentioned uh, Andres Gomez, because I, I, I talked to him on practice on Friday and he said that he's still trying to transition to play in the U.S. because this is his first time in the U.S. No family, nobody really here with him. Do you think mm -hmm. it's going to take time for him to still get adjusted playing here? Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like that is something that it's really hard for just like the average fan to understand um, mm -hmm. when it comes to like professional sports like this. Like this guy's coming to a brand new country, brand new language, brand new culture, and abandoning abandoning everything he knows and just leaving it all and like basically starting fresh and so i mean you really do have to give him some time to just kind of settle in like we're all human everyone's it'd be tough for anyone to go into a situation like that regardless of the job so i mean yeah i definitely i think next season is when we might fully see like the big like picture of why we signed him for how much money we did 
but I still think this season he's just going to slowly grow and grow more into the team and just gain more and more confidence as he feels more comfortable in Utah and around the team and in general, just being in like this area. Yeah. And people still need to realize that the, the dude's only 20 years old. So he has yeah. a lot of, he has a lot of potential, a lot of room to grow. So the, the, the sky's the limit with, with him. So, but with with the win against Portland, we move on to the round of sixteen. Um, playing Port, uh, not Portland, <laughs> playing Colorado Rapids next Wednesday. Another away game, so that's three away games. Um, unfortunately, um, that one's eight o'clock. Um, and I think that one is on YouTube TV or or something like that. Easy way to find it. But moving on, so we have some questions that somebody submitted on Twitter. Let me. Ask was one, then we'll get, get your answers on this one. So somebody asked, is there anything that Krylock can bring to the table that we can teach one of the younger players to do? What do you think? Like They said, like, like Yakison and Moose and Rubin aren't the nines we need. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it's just, oops, sorry. Got some Barkman dogs in the background. But um, <laughs> I think the main thing those guys really need i mean especially jackson in my opinion is just i get not necessarily starting minutes every week but just some somewhat consistent bench minutes at least like coming in off the bench um having a decent role and just understanding like what it takes to be a professional i feel like that's some of the biggest part like the biggest learning curve that some of these young guys have to learn um, and I feel like Krylak is really a guy that can teach these guys like the standards that are need to be set to be like a true professional on and off the pitch. Yeah, I, I would agree with that because we have the likes of Anelli, we have Hidalgo, we have Paul and Yakison, who are all still fairly new and they have a lot of potential. Um, and we've seen that in, in, in games so far. Um, and he, here's a follow-up question. Um, with Moose, Rubin, and, Moose and Rubin, they're, they're not the nines that we need. They're not those goal scorers because we've seen in, in games, obviously the LAFC game, they didn't score any goals in other games so far. Yeah. Where is that nine? Um, is it within our team? Is it outside the team? Is it somebody that we need to find in the summer transfer window? I think, yeah, I think that's definitely something that if we – as like a team and as a franchise, like internally aren't realizing that this team needs a new striker and someone to just, at, even if they're not just the best striker of all time, just someone to add some more competition to the locker room. Um, because just right now, it's just what we have is never going to be sufficient to be a team that wants to challenge and play in big games in the MLS. So I definitely think we should be looking at this summer transfer window as a big ch chance to sign someone and add some goals to this team. I hope with all my heart that we are, but you know, who knows? Uh, what do you think? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I would say because obviously Rubin and, and, uh, and, uh, and Danny Masofsky have Based on the name for a second, um, Masovsky and Rubin, they're, they're not our nines. They, they, they can't yeah. score goals, except for Masovsky in Open Cup games, but that's about it. Nobody on our team 
besides Saverino and Gomez are our true goal scorers. So we need to find that other missing piece. Yeah. So those guys aren't stressed out, panicked, worried every game. So once we do have that other other person on our team who's a goal scorer, then that that relieves that stress from those two people so they can actually be playmakers. They can yeah. have more assists and they can be able to have more shots on goal and have more strategy. So we, we, we saw that from the likes of, of LAFC on Saturday with Bawanga, Bella, and Apoku. That was the dangerous attacking three that I think I've seen in MLS in years. Yeah. Such a, a good, good up, up top three. Yeah, no, and I feel like, I don't know, it's also frustrating when we do lack in the striker department so much. Pablo just seems to be so persistent about playing two strikers up front. And I, I just, I wish we could have someone else in the midfield because it feels like our midfield so constantly getting overrun. So I would rather just play one striker up top, even if that means a full like system switch. Um, I don't think what we're doing is working. Um, and it almost feels like sometimes it's just taking a player away from the pitch. Like when Rabin is just kind of there, it just feels like we're playing a man down sometimes. Do you think that Pablo sees something that we don't? when it comes to wanting to continuously start Rubin game after game with not even getting any shots on goal? Yeah, he must be, like, the best practice player ever. Like, he must just be scoring worldies all the time because I don't think there's anything on film that you could bring up to keep justifying him, like, being in the starting 11 week in, week out. Personally, I don't, th- I don't see it. Yeah, like... I'm I'm hesitant about the likes of Musaski even starting, but Rubin, heaven forbid, no, like yeah. just have him have him be bench, and then have have somebody else get minutes like Yakison. Yakison, yeah. I, I want to see I want to see Yakison starting game after game because he he is young, striving talent that has that can make moves in this league. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, he has potential. We. We already know what Rubin is. I don't think there's much room for Rubin to grow, whereas we have no clue what Yakison's full potential could be. So I mm-hmm. I just don't understand the, the starting these old washed up dudes when we have so much youth and we're always so persistent about oh yeah, we built this big like youth facility because we wanna work on like growing homegrown players then half the time they don't even get to play and we just end up shipping them off before they ever make a chance on the first team. Yeah, it's it's the re- reality when it comes to to MLS soccer um, or even American soccer. No, nobody really gets their, their full potential. They don't really get to come from show that fully. Um, but let's, let's dive deeper and talk about Saturday's unfortunate re- loss. Um, not Not... It wasn't surprising at all. Like, I'm not surprised. I, I knew we were going to lose, but to lose the way that we did, 3 uh, nothing by easy mistakes was actually embarrassing. Um, the, the first goal um, by Apoku, eight minutes in, um, looking back, because I, I, I rewatched the game um, right afterwards, looking back at that first goal, it was honestly, it was Oviedo's spot. He was, he was caught ball-watching and out of position. What, what do you think? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And then even before that goal, the LAFC had already tried, I think, like one or two more over-the-top through balls, like 
in like that similar type of like run and so you could tell that they were definitely practicing that and that was in tactics something that they knew that they could exploit us with and yeah I, i'm completely on your your side i think that was all oviedo there's nothing really mcmath could even do there it was just a powerful finish and he even got a hand to it and it still ended up going top corner Yeah, and I, and I feel for Musaski because th this was Musaski's first game against playing against his former team because he won MLS Cup with them last season, and he wanted this what this was gonna be like his revenge game, be like proving to them that they made the wrong wrong move, but heaven forbid they, I guess they made the right move. Yeah. Um, but the, but the the, the move that everybody's talking about in this game was the biggest mistake of all was Rubin's wide open, total miss. Um, I, 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 I can't wrap my head around how he couldn't get that on frame. What, what do you think of that? Dude, I, It's, I it's was, frustrating. I was, yeah, I was at a loss for words when I saw it happen, just like knowing and just seeing the difference in quality when they get a one-on-one -on -one versus when we do, it's like, well, I hope these owners are watching this and seeing like, it's pretty clear why we're not succeeding and meeting the standards that we want to be at because we don't have the right investment in the right positions and it shows on the pitch week in week out Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and for for this match, um, we had no Lafleur because of injury still, along with no Marcelo Silva also because of injury. Do you think this was another game in our defense where if we had Marcelo Silva instead of maybe Oviedo, that would have made a difference? I I don't know if this week we could have done anything to stop that. It felt inevitable almost. Um, Mm-hmm. I don't think Marcelo Silva would is it's not he's the paciest guy, and I think that's the main thing we lacked in the back. That's why they started going down Oviedo's side so much. Even even Brody's not necessarily the fastest guy, so I just think in general the back line looked really slow and their back line on both sides is just or I mean their front line on both sides is just very fast and so I just think tactically we were always going to be at a downfall from the beginning Yeah, I was just going to mention that every play throughout this match, uh, Bowanga was just getting outrun by Brody. I don't, I don't know if he was gassed because, because of, I, don't, I don't know what, but he just didn't look up to speed at all, and it was sad. Um, and in that goal for Bowanga, which, which was an absolute banger of a goal, unreal, um, Ruiz, there, he did not contest the shot at all. He he just looked like he was standing there, just didn't want to stick a foot out. No defense at all. Like Ruiz did, just didn't have a, a good game at all. Just didn't have any shots on frame. Yeah, no, and he's just completely ball-watching there, just hoping that someone can get a foot in and he doesn't have to do anything, and we paid the price for it. I mean, yeah, that was – I'm glad it didn't get too much worse when they scored that. I thought it was going to end up being like 4 or 5 nothing again, so I, I won't complain too much. We, at least in the second half, we showed – signs of at least coming close to a goal and so it, I mean it, it made it entertaining for at least a little bit until they got that penalty but yeah just overall 
not anything to really be proud of to take away from that game. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was it was a, a soft penalty, um, but there was contact and from from Vera to to pull down Bawanga for the ref to point to the spot. It, it, it was frustrating and the fans do not want to see that at all. A four nothing loss, another four nothing loss, and now a three nothing loss. We, we we just we just spoke about it, but do you think it has to do with us just playing on Wednesday, or is it mostly the fact that this was a very good LAFC team? I think we like the owners just have to. You can't be going into a season being ready to sacrifice MLS games because you don't want to invest in the proper depth to put out a good squad on a Wednesday and having to play like starters and things like that. And mm-hmm. so, I, I don't know. I just feel like so much of our issues fall back on the owners. They don't want to follow or fire Pablo. They don't want to invest properly. They just kind of want to, it seems like they just kind of want to coast and just hope that they make money off of the club. Do you think at, at this point of the season, since we are struggling 11 points, three wins, uh, two draws, six losses, that there's kind of really no point in playoffs? I guess it's kind of too early to tell. That we should just put all of our eggs in one basket and just focus on Open Cup because they, that's the easiest path to CONCACAF. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love for us to be able to just freaking fully get locked in on the car on the open cup because like you said that's probably our best chance of playing in the CONCACAF so I wouldn't be opposed to that whatsoever I think we kind of have to look at ourselves in the mirror and realize that we're not going to be the team that can truly win or compete for an MLS cup I mean I guess there's always a chance we make those fluke runs like we did with zero shots on against Seattle but I I just think we kind of like what you said we got to put our eggs in one basket and decide which way we want to go. Yeah, looking at the stats for this this one against LASD, twenty shots, eleven of those off target, five of those on on target, eleven shots, eleven were outside the box. Um, expected goals we were at one point four, they were at two point four, obviously, but still twenty shots and just like nothing really going in it's just like when is this going to end that's three games in a row without a goal and it's frustrating for fans to go to games expecting us to get a result and we can't but hopefully this comes through um i, I was listening today on the the drive with with spence check it's um and, and dunny was a, a guest on there and dunny was saying that he sees us more finishing the season between seventh and eleventh in the west once again, maybe scraping by to get into the playoffs. But he said that if, if anything, um, if we have a losing season and if we win a U.S. Open Cup, then that's a win for us. That's that's a winning season. And I I, I firmly agree with, with Dunny because at, at this point, like if we don't do if the if we don't meet potential and we don't do great in the regular season and we win Open Cup, then it's it's a win for me. Yeah. No. Definitely. I think anyone would be crazy to say they wouldn't be happy with us walking away with an open cup. I mean, we haven't won anything since the MLS cup, so we can't be getting greedy and deciding which things we want to win. So I, 
I'm fully on board with us just kind of going for that because it does seem like the players are up for it too. And they're definitely up for the challenge. They want to fight for it. I, I think in this match, especially the thing that made me so frustrated and still confused was the 59th minute. Uh, there was two substitutions from us. Uh, Yakison and Julio came in. Um, but the player that came out was Gomez. Um, and coming off, he looked super frustrated and upset. Do you think that was a terrible move for him to come off? I I was kind of on the fence with that one because it seems like Gomez has kind of still been adjusting to the fitness and kind of getting up to full 90-minute fitness. Um, and I know, mm-hmm. obviously, we wanted him to play this Saturday. So I, mm-hmm. I, I get the decision. Obviously, it's frustrating when we were still in a position where, like, we didn't have the game fully wrapped up. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of understand Pablo's thinking there. I, I understand the idea of wanting to rest players. So, because you have, you, you literally just played Wednesday, you played Saturday, and then you have another Wednesday, Saturday again coming up. And you don't want to have players get hurt. But I think if you're playing a very good LASC team at, at that point, you're down 2 nothing. just go balls out. Just literally go and try to scrape by and try to at least hit one goal so you just you don't get shut out. But Pablo just didn't want that. Um, and and he, you got an angry uh, Andres Gomez heading to the bench because of that. Um, but who, who knows? Um, hopefully we he shows that temper and shows that anger in this Wednesday's game. But yeah. for, for you... For you, who was your man of the match, if there was one for you in this one? Jeez. I'm going to go with the fans. <laughs> because <laughs> we actually, I don't know, the, the the turnout was actually pretty decent. It was definitely one of the most fools I've seen the riot this season. Um, the fans stayed loud, even during the second half. And it seemed like not a lot of people really left until that penalty. Um, so people were at least back in the players getting involved. So I, I think the fans deserve a man of the match shout, but um, I'll also go with um, Oviedo. I I think there wasn't necessarily anyone on the team that stood out like crazy, but Oviedo in even the after, first half. Was even after that decent. first, even after that first goal on, on his fault? Yeah, or not. Wait. I can... Oh, Ojeda? Sorry, Ojeda. Yes, sorry. I, I, I was I was so confusing myself there. Yeah, not Oviedo. Ojeda. Um, Ojeda in the first half, I thought was kind of making his presence known in that midfield and doing a good job creating some chances. I don't think anyone necessarily played brilliant, but I think he was my personal man of the match. Yeah. Um. To me personally, like. I wouldn't say that we played terrible. We, we, we played decent. Um, we had a lot of good chances, like I mentioned. We had 20 shots, um, but obviously we couldn't capitalize on any of that. So we had we have a lot of room, a lot of things to improve on moving forward with some upcoming matches. Um, so it's kind of hard to find someone who actually stood out, per se, for a man of the match. Um, I, I might have to go with either Sava or Gomez, just because when Gomez was in the game up until he got taken out, he had so many good attacking chances. Um, yeah. 
so I, I would have to go with with Gomez and, and Sava because those two on on both on, on the wings in the midfield kind of were or orchestrating um, all those those good chances, and then once they got once Gomez got taken out, then we kind of were a balloon. We just deflated real bad. I was like, and down down we go. But <laughs> we we moving on then. So on to next one. We have Portland once again back to back Wednesdays, but this time we have Portland at home, a regular season game, not Open Cup. Um, seven thirty at the Riots. Do you think with just playing them last Wednesday, do you think this is going to be this is going to help out a lot since they kind of played a lot of their first team guys? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I don't, I don't think we'll necessarily put out a crazy strong lineup because it seemed like we had to play a lot of guys this week and keep a lot of guys in because we weren't. We're always fighting from behind. Guys are always just going to have to keep running when you're down behind early. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what lineup we get and how fit the guys are that do play. Um, and it'll also just be interesting to see like tactically how we approach the game, if we keep it similar or if we kind of do our own thing and just change it up now that we're at home. Do you see like which players specifically do you see resting and which ones do you see like a big swap? Like, do you still see, Musovsky Rubin up top, like same midfield. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. With all the injuries and things like that that we have going on, I guess our options are pretty slim. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to see Gomez if he's fit enough. Um, I feel like he brings a lot to these games like this, where there's a few people who might not normally be starters. He's the guy who can kind of take ex- exploit those situations. Um, but yeah, I feel like it'll probably end up being Rubin up top again, no matter how much it'll piss me off. I think that's just inevitable at this point. I was talking to Royce at the game. Let's hope he doesn't listen to any episodes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Um, but I was, yeah, I was, I was saying he must have some blackmail over Pablo's head because there's just no way he just can keep getting in these starting 11s. Yeah. Yeah, um, if like ideally for me in like a game like this, since we just played a good LAFC team and we have like a midweek game against Portland, I would love to see like a Yakison and then maybe like a, a Paul up top, like two kind of rookies getting getting first team minutes, and then obviously like have maybe Gomez and then have like a Krylock come off the bench to support them, and then like a big player who who in my opinion needs have a rest is Justin Glad because he's the one player who's played every single minute so far in the season. He probably has heavy legs and needs rest. He he hasn't shown it, but he probably needs to sit sit at least one game. Yeah, definitely. And then moving into this one, what, what's your scoreline prediction? Uh, 3-1 RSL. Give it to me. You're a very feeling very optimistic aren't you uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm fully on board with the with the the home home game after already beaten portland away i think the boys are going to be up for it i i think with just beating portland last wednesday um because portland played a lot of their first team we're gonna have we're gonna know like what tactics and formation though they'll be presenting to us 
So I also see a win, but it won't be a 3-1. But I, I see as it will be like a very scrape by. It'll be a one nothing, And I think we're going to have like a, a brand new goal scorer. I, I don't see somebody that's already scored. I think it's going to be brand new um, for us. And I think the it, it won't be a sellout. I think the riot's going to be very quiet. It's, it'll be kind of hard because it's a midweek game. I don't think a lot of people are going to show up, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. But yeah, Wednesday night at the Riot, uh, 7.30 against Portland, who is right above us in the West. And we're sitting right below the playoff line, unfortunately, at 11 points. Um, but then jumping to uh, next, the game after that, Saturday, first leg of the Rocky Mountain Cup, um, right before we play them again, uh, at their place again um, for Open Cup. Um, but Colorado, Saturday, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm hoping we can do what we normally do against those guys. I'm hoping we can use that as a game to build and get some momentum. Um, I'm I'm predicting another win. I think this might be a turning point for our season. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.